The following audio is via a Skype call. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Crava. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday to you. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour, trying to pick up everybody's spirits. And we're talking about the spirits of Halloween, but not so much today unless they show up in your dreams. Had a good nightmare lately? Anything scary going on? It's been a while for me. I don't know about you, Suzanne, but I get nightmares less and less anymore. <laughs> I have waking reality for that. I don't need that in my dream life. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking once again with the luscious, the incredibly gifted, the learned, and the always compassionate and eloquent Kelly Sullivan Walden. I don't want to give her too big of a buildup because she'll get a big head. But before we get to her with our questions that we in rapid fire style will uh, used to elicit information that can help you in your own dream life, turn it into a pragmatic exercise in self-discipline and growth, and maybe even your own spirituality will benefit. We'll see. But let's say hello to tall guy Nathan at the board. Nathan, how's your week been? How are you today? Hey, good morning, Gary, and good morning, Suzanne, and rest in peace, guitar legend Eddie Van Halen. Boy, what an influence was he. Yes. You know, the long and the short of it is, and uh, our Kelly will certainly have something to say about that if she wishes, because she's she's married to a musician, a, a fine studio musician. She uh, she knows a guy who knows his way around the chords, and around guitars particularly. Eddie Van Halen. I don't even pretend to have the kind of music knowledge. I don't play an instrument, and I don't know rock history to such an extent that I could really assess his ability, but I do know his reputation, Nathan, and it just seems to me that there had to be a place in his life early on, because he picked up the guitar pretty early, which you have to do if you're going to make it. I don't know anybody that becomes a rock star because they started learning how to play at 30, and he was able to not only play with great felicity, but also to be an innovator. They talk about him being such a great shredder and being able to tap out tones on the guitar in a way that just wasn't heard at the time until he made it famous. And of course, he had many imitators. Mm -hmm. I was just about to say he's known for possibly being the inventor of hammer-ons and pull-offs, especially known, like you said, as tapping. And here's, that's first I heard of it. You can tell how far I was behind the caboose there. I enjoyed many songs. I wasn't a big fan of Van Halen, but what I liked, I liked a lot. I mean, Jump, how are you not going to like that? Jump is my favorite Van Halen song. Dance the Night Away. Such a positive song. Yes, and Dance the Night Away, probably their first number one hit, if I recall there. But there's some that, that just elicited joy, and others are funny there, some of them are just, you know, a hot dog rock and roll, you know, very much in the tenor of the times, uh, running with the devil. I mean, come on, these are classics. And so of course, definitely... uh, another song mm-hmm. called Dreams, which we'll be talking about today. Well, if I'd known that, I would have not played it because I have one that I'm going to play in order to make a point and ask a question of Kelly. But next time we have her on, we're going to play that song. There you go. Nathan, he's thinking ahead for I us. Know. I love the guy. Let's go ahead and give Kelly Sullivan Walden her mad props because we have a lot to talk about we concerning do. the world of dreams. 
Kelly Sullivan Walden is a certified clinical hypnotherapist whose unique approach to dream therapy led her to become a trusted advisor, coach, and consultant for thousands of individuals, including Fortune 500 executives, UN ambassadors, celebrities, inner city kids, and stay-at-home moms. Her dream insights have been featured on many national talk shows, including The Dr. Oz Show, Ricky Lake, The Real, Bethany, Coast to Coast, and Hallmark's Home and Family. She has over 10 books, I believe. We will ask her that when she comes on. In addition to the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle Cards, which Gary, you and I have pulled one a week for almost two years. We will be discussing that today. And um, many other things that we will uh, that have to do with dreams and dreaming. And we will give all of her contact information out at the bottom of the hour during after the break. So welcome once again to Manson Mitchell, Kelly Sullivan Walden. I'm so excited to be with you both. Suzanne and Gary Manson Mitchell. I feel like I'm dreaming, and I just love you both so much. I've been really looking forward to getting to join with you again. Likewise this to is, all. This is our second one during COVID, I think. It, yes, that's right. That's right. And I haven't had any COVID-related dreams that I can remember. But this is getting on toward Halloween, and so I thought I would just pop the first question lightly as we right. go. In right. asking you, Kelly... Do do you have many nightmare dreams, and how do you counsel people, which is really the, the grit in the middle of that question, how do you counsel people who seem bedeviled by nightmares when they're looking to go to sleep peacefully and maybe dream to find solutions to their issues in life? Ah, well, nightmares have become a relative specialty of mine because most people don't seek out somebody like me for a therapy session if they're having all kinds of unicorn flying dreams and popcorn and, and you know, and dancing with, with Eddie Van Halen. Um, so with me, they, I, I actually have, I think of nightmares as our unsung heroes, the unsung heroes of our subconscious mind. Our nightmares, I tell people if they come to me with a nightmare that they're lucky that they remember the dream. Our nightmares are trying to course correct us. They're, think of them like the bumps on the freeway. If, we are, if we've had a lapse of consciousness and we start veering too far to the right, it makes that loud, jarring noise. It's, it's not a pleasant sound. It's not a pleasant feeling. But it helps to get our attention so that we can make a slight correction or maybe an incredibly stark correction. So our nightmares are like that, even though sometimes they, they range from being slightly upsetting or frustrating or stressful all the way to being something that's completely traumatic. And I, I have a process with people called my fear formula. I help them to face it, embrace it, ace it, and replace it. So we take the nemesis in the dream, the scary figure that's chasing them, whatever that is, and I have them turn and face it to understand what it is and why it is doing what it is. And by doing that, they, they learn to ace it, meaning the enemy becomes the ally. And ultimately, when they re- replace that character, that, that, that character that scared them becomes like a champion. And so they can eventually look at that dream as a transformational 
happening as something that they're excited about. And I have an example of my own. I don't know if I've shared on this show, but I'd be happy to share one of my own. It's been a while since I've had a real scary dream, but I had one that I had to practice what I preach on. Please do. So the nutshell, I call it Cape Fear. I was being chased by a murderer. It was like the Robert De Niro character in the second Cape Fear. He was just running through town, murdering everyone. It was a perfect Halloween kind of a a vibe. And I was one of the last ones. I hadn't been killed yet, and I was hiding behind a flimsy little bush on a a street corner, and and he could see me, and he was coming after me, and I knew in the next few seconds I would be the next one that would be killed. So that was where the dream ended. I woke up in terror, and I and for several hours I couldn't shake this horrible feeling of dread. And I thought, okay, Kelly, you got to practice what you preach. Let's do. Let's let's turn and face it, embrace it, ace it, and replace it. It was really hard to do. So I tell people like how, like look at this character and how are they a blessing? How are they trying to give you something? And I absolutely couldn't see that from the perspective I was looking at. So I. I had to imagine that I stepped outside the dream all the way, like I went all the way up to the sky, and I was looking at the dream kind of from heaven's perspective. And what I could see from that perspective, and I teach people to do this for their own dreams as well, go far away and look at it from a distance. What I could see was every person that this man had killed, they had a tether from their heart, their soul, all the way to heaven, and they were fine. They had become like instant angels. So they were no longer in terror. But he, the murderer, wasn't tethered. His umbilical cord was disconnected. That's why, like a vampire, he was going after killing all these people because he was trying to get their life force. He was getting a rush every time he acted out. And so from that perspective, I could suddenly have compassion for this murderer <laughs> because I could get, wow, he's, he's cut adrift. So it's my dream. I'm the director of this dream. Let me change it the way I want to change it. So I was able to reconnect his spiritual umbilical cord, and I was able to kind of wrangle it up and plug it back in to his spiritual source. And once I did that, there was like this electric current that went all the way from the heavens through this cord to him, giving him a zap, kind of like um, with with, um, Frankenstein kind of a thing. It's like waking him up. And him realizing, what had I done? What did I do? Oh, my God. And having filled with remorse. And the rest, of the, the rest of my imagined dream was him going back in and trying to make amends for what he had done. So by the time I had finished redirecting this dream, I was no longer afraid of this character. And I, I felt like I had, I had created resolution so there wasn't this dangling, like, I wasn't afraid to go outside. I wasn't afraid of anybody that looked like this guy. He had all of a sudden calmed down. And then I had to realize, oh, gulp, everyone in my dream is an aspect of myself. How, how is this me? How am I like this guy and all the others? And I realized that this character... Anytime I feel disconnected from source, anytime I forget that I am at one with the one, I am I'm a danger to myself and others, just like we all are. We are remembering our connection is so vital to not only our well-being, but to the way that we roll from there. So it, I was able to swallow the bitter pill of like, wow, I don't want to be that way. I need to really make my connection with source a first priority. 
so I was able to then create this alchemy with this dream, and it was able to kind of up-level my own spiritual connection, and it gave me a compassion for people that do really um, unkind and unconscious things, because we all do that when we forget our connection with Source. How's that for a long story to start out with? I think that's fine. <laughs> Suzanne, did you have anything to say about that? Because I'm going to go back to the beginning of what Kelly said, because you provided it, despite all that you said, you really had me at the beginning in a way that I thought, oh, I don't want to forget to ask Kelly about this. Go for it. Okay. Now, here we go. I have long suspected that people who find reasons, good, healthy reasons to be together, to do work together, to relate, are brought together because they are on the same frequency. And there are signs of that. There are little indications that people are on the same wavelength, okay? Yeah. So this is where I get the, I feel a few goosebumps coming on here because what did you bring up when you first started talking about with the crime and being chased and there it was scary? What did you liken it to? Cape Fear? <laughs> yes, know. yes, yes. And I'm listening to Suzanne guffawing loudly today because the latest Randy Rainbow video is out. <laughs> and Suzanne enjoys that a great deal. And she was just laughing uproariously, boisterously. <laughs> so I needed to get away from that. This is just this morning, a couple hours before we took to the airways. Mm. So I walked down the hall muttering, geez, the way she's laughing, she reminds me of Robert De Niro in that remake <laughs> of Cape Fear. Are you kidding me? Oh, I now, love that. How many that. movies do you figure have been produced there in the last 20 to 30 years? And there it is. I mean, who's going to think of that? I'm thinking of it. You think of it and mention it in context. And here we are. That is a good example of a synchronicity. Oh, man. I love it when that happens. That's amazing. And I don't generally like to talk about that dream because it is, it's not pleasant. But I, I think for the season of Halloween, the season of the witch, I think we can talk about gore a little bit more liberally, but I, I felt hesitant. I'm like, oh, why am I feeling like I want to talk about this? I was torn, but it makes me feel like right time, right place, right people, synchronicity is in the house. So that's amazing. I love it. We're connected. We're soulmates. Let's just accept the facts. Uh, yes, exactly. Well, and, and that reminds me of something that's related. I'm going to segue into something else. And that was that in your introduction, I mentioned that for not quite two years, but almost because we started, I believe, in December of 2018, Gary and I pull one hero's journey card every Saturday morning over our morning coffee together. And since we only do it once a week, we really look forward to that Saturday morning. We have the cards that we've chosen. We leave out for an entire week. We look at them during the week. We glance at them. We remember what it was that we pulled. And then um, and then we, we look forward to the next Saturday when we're going to do it again. So mm -hmm. this morning, Gary pulls number 10, a tune to the call tune in and turn on. And I'm relating that to what it is that you're saying because in Gary's attuning to the call, that call is to you. The two of you are both uh, have the same movie reference going on. 
And I think that that attuning to the call has a lot to do with Gary's attuning to his own intuition and answering the call, however that may be. So do you think I, I, I have my finger on the pulse of that one? Yes, but I wouldn't leave you out of it because you are a part of this synchronicity, an intrinsic part of the synchronicity. But I would say absolutely attuning to the call. There's there's something that's calling us even here, and it could just simply be that we're looking at, um, you asked about nightmares, and nightmares aren't just, the dream nightmares there are waking life nightmares if we if we look at them like they're a case to be solved or that there there's alchemy in the midst then we can go toward those things and not run from those things and in moving toward them with love and compassion then we can heal from the inside out and and then we we stop having triggers and we stop putting ourselves in a in a smaller and smaller cage we start Instead, having more and more freedom, more and more openness, even during a pandemic. So I, I feel like there's something in that, that how do we deal with our own inner cape fear? We laugh. We can laugh. And we can also re-plug in to our source and realize we're at liberty. I don't know. What are you getting, Gary? What's your, what are you attuning to? What do you feel is calling you in this moment? Immediately when I drew that card, I thought, okay, Something from the nonprofit sector is mm. calling my name, and I'm not mm. sure exactly how it will manifest. But what I will tell you is that without really any prompting, but just like an inner stirring, yeah. an impulse, I guess, there I have begun purchasing on Kindle, downloading free when I can get it, books about public relations. That's Ooh. now I go public relations, I PR type work and I go back a long way, but I had other interests that I was pursuing. We all have a reading life. Well, yeah. most of us, some, some of us get elected president, other people read, but anyway, <laughs> bada bing. Okay. Cheap shot of the Boom. day. So I, um, I thought public relations, this is very interesting. I am, I want to read about it, particularly case studies the history made by people who really invented the field and are always working toward perfecting it. Professionals even today are doing that. They're carrying on great traditions and they are innovating. Why would I need to know that during this pandemic when I'm spending so much time alone, and alone with Suzanne, the two of us will go out and get food, come back, and we pretty much get holed up like the Dalton gang, as I like to say. <laughs> and here I am finding myself studying a more and more about public relations. What I think that means is I am in a preparatory phase so that when there is a call to do something concrete to benefit the community of my choice, of my affiliation, I will be ready to do that instead of feeling like I'm wandering into a situation blindly. Wow, okay, well I might have the next piece of the puzzle at hand. Um, and you all may already know Steve Allen from Steve Allen Media. Have yes. you interviewed him or have you talked yes, to him? Yes, we have. We have. We've was, met him. He was the father of the ugly baby on yes. Seinfeld. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Steve Allen. So he's my publicist and longtime publicist, longtime friend. And just yesterday, there was a write-up about him in the Chicago Tribune, along with my husband, who you brought up in the introduction, um, a really amazing article because Steve Allen pitched um, my my husband's son, so my stepson Justin, 
just recently created a remake of my husband's hit song, How About Us, that was a, a hit song in the 80s by his, his band Champagne. And Justin, for this time that we're living in that's so divisive, he created new lyrics and kind of a new, kind of a hipper, um, a, a, a new vibe and new lyrics and rap and all this stuff that kind of makes How About Us more of a global song than just a, a love song. And that song, and he has a video that comes out about it. It's very much um, promoting Kamala and Joe Biden. It's it's beautiful what they've done, what he's done. Anyway, Steve pitched it to the Chicago Tribune, and somehow the the guy who wrote the article became really interested in Steve because he's got such a good vibe about him. So the article became equal parts about Justin writing this new remake of How About Us, and Dana and that original song, A Father and Son Story. But then it's also about Steve Allen, the publicist, PR with a conscience, and how to use publicity to further a message that's positive that you feel is part of your life's mission. So rarely does a publicist ever get mentioned in an article that they pitched that has nothing to do with them. So this just came out, and I was just thinking, wow, I really, they, they need to, Manson Mitchell need to know about this article in the Chicago, if you look up the Chicago Tribune, I'll send you guys the link. But Chicago Please. Tribune, how about us? Um, and even add Steve Allen, Steve Allen to that. I'm sure it'll pop right up. But um, I think if you have another call with Steve, I have a feeling that you two need to reconnect. That that Manson Mitchell, Suzanne and Gary and Steve are due for a new conversation that may be leading you to, towards the next step along your hero's journey with this with this effort and this new inspiration that's calling you. I'm going to take your good counsel because it's very much attuned to what I have been thinking. And I get an idea and I start turning it over in my head compulsively and I wonder what's going to show up. Eventually, you know, when you have enough of this ideation going on, it's useful, even important yeah. to set it aside. It's not going anywhere. It's working behind the scenes. It's working subconsciously. So if you're attached with some positive emotions, some expectancy to any given idea, it will become operative in your life at the right moment. You don't have to nurse it along every step of the way. But I can right. certainly talk to Steve Allen about PR with a conscience, because if you ask people in surveys, which is something I found out a few years ago looking it up online, the public reaction to PR, the state of the art, as it were, and there was somebody from, I can't remember who it was, might have been an executive with CBS who indicated that public relations has gotten to the point where it's typical for people to not believe what is coming out of the mouth of a so-called flack because mm. they are there to sway public opinion in a certain way. It's how they make their living. And for that reason, people will yeah. tend to look at them in a jaundiced way because they suspect there's no authenticity there. Well, what if you did authentic PR? What might that look like? Right. Gary exactly. mentioned PR while we were watching TV a night or two ago, and they had something on the news about how airplane air is better quality than regular air because it's coming in through HEPA filters and it's going down. It's not swirling around, but it's going down. It's being, you know, refiltered. And it was this whole big news segment on the cleanliness of airplane air. And Gary looked at me and he goes, 
somebody's been working overtime in the PR department. <gasps> yes, there was even an animated feature to indicate the direction of the air and how it goes down and not up, and therefore it's going to be cleaner, maybe cleaner wow. than regular air. And the air airline industry is suffering horrifically from COVID-19. Yeah. Big layoffs coming. And, and they've got a lot of layoffs coming. So here's this news article about how actually cleaner the air is in an airplane than in any other enclosed kind of place. And it kind yeah. of left me scratching my head because, you know, Gary and I have not wanted to get on airplanes or travel be, you know, partly because of, of the pandemic. And um, I wanted to mention this before we take our break. Go ahead. What I've been noticing lately is the ACK phenomenon, like A-C-K, the ACK phenomenon. People have a tendency to doubt the words of those who hold differing opinions or who represent a threat on some level. And so they label you. For example, in the world of public relations, if you want to belittle the profession and those who practice it, you call them a flack. Mm. If you're a political operative and you're affiliated with the opposite political party, you get called a hack. If you're a doctor who charges too much money or you didn't get well on time or spent too much at the pharmacy, the doctor is a quack. <laughs> and if you have a different opinion from the other guy, you must be on crack. <laughs> There's just this way of just using that act thing, like, you know, just cut them off, truncate them. What they say can't oh. be important. And this is endemic in our society when it comes to people communicating about the things that really matter. The ACK, the ACK, was the used act. by Kathy Geiswhite in her comic strip to represent a whole lot of stuff. And sometimes that took up the whole square. Ah! <laughs> ah! Oh, my God. That you, You're both such linguists. I love the way you're dissecting this. This is... Making me. Th this is the way my brain works. I I feel like I'm among kindred spirits because I am. Well, you definitely are, and and people who love you and love what you do, and we have our little date with your product every Saturday. It's rare that we miss a Saturday. Maybe two or three times in the last year and three when we quarters. When we were traveling, uh, I think we missed maybe twice. But yeah, we will reschedule. We miss on a Saturday. We didn't we'll, do the cards. We'll we do call it Sunday every, morning. Every Saturday is yeah. referred to in our household as Card Selection Saturday. So we will wow. take the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle deck, and we will draw from that. And if we don't do it on Saturday, we make sure to get to it Sunday because we want to start the week with fresh insights. And wow. it's well worth it. It is well worth it. But now, and I'm bringing this up just before we go to break. So on the other side of break, we would do the marketing piece. We would love for you to get to that. You have an app. There's an app for that. And we would like to let our listeners know, because if they, in a very convenient way, download the app, they can participate in this experience of turning the symbology of your dreams into a practical exercise and benefiting thereby. And it's pretty cost effective as well. So with that little tease, let's go ahead and take our one break of the hour. Then we will return with Kelly Sullivan Walden, who has a lot to say about the world of dreams, the world of conscious relating and mating and there's no act involved so this is all to the good we want to hear more from kelly and we think we have some good news about this app of hers which is just hot it's new on the market and you can put it to good effect 
and good use right away. We are Manson Mitchell. We're going to be here another half hour. Hope you stick around with us. Lots more conversation to come on the other side of this short break. You're tuned in to the home of Alternative Talk in Seattle, AM 1150. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them, but I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Pamela Osley with her insights of the future based on deep spiritual work and her connection with the spiritual realm. On Saturday, Neil McNeil returns with news about the upcoming Port Gamble Ghost Conference and how you can participate without even leaving your home. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. The following audio is via a Skype call. <laughs> Welcome back to Manson Mitchell. I didn't Why know. did you pick that song? <laughs> because I just discovered that the Dukes of Hazard moved to Michigan. Ah, yes. <laughs> and the sheriff. <laughs> and the mayor is going, Dukes, they have Dukes. Oh, my God. 
And there's a question hanging in the balance, but I'm not going to get to it until after the so-called marketing piece, because we want you folks to know about the app. The app. Okay. Kelly Sullivan Walden. She's at kellysullivanwalden.com. Her Facebook is Kelly Sullivan Walden, Dr. Dream. Her Twitter and Instagram are Kelly S. Walden. And Kelly, you have written uh, many, many books, 10 or more. And you've got the Dream, uh, Hero's Dream uh, Oracle cards. But tell us more. Ooh. Well, let me just first say, in a book that I was just working on, here's another synchronicity. I was talking about wearing my Daisy Dukes. And those are like oh, cut off jean shorts from the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> so, whoa, hello, that was just a couple days ago. I mentioned my Daisy Dukes. <laughs> you and Gary, I don't know, you've got some kind of mental connection. I have to make sure I'm not within reach of Suzanne's haymaker. But, Kelly, where are the Daisy Dukes? <laughs> I, I gotta find them. I gotta create a new pair of my Daisy Dukes. Oh, hello, God, Halloween. That would, that would be great. Oh. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I loved that show. That was a great flashback. Okay, so the Hero's yeah. Journey Dream Oracle app. This is my first app. It's a dream come true. I've been wanting to have a an app out for a long time, and this, this is the first one to make it across the finish line. And what's fun about it is that people can, even if they're, they don't have to have, the, it seems that a lot of people that get the app already have the, the card deck. But if you happen to be out, you're standing in line at the grocery store, sometimes it's long and you're like, oh, man, you can just flip a card while you wait and you don't have to have the deck on you. So you could be anywhere and there it is. So it's a fun app. It's beautiful. There's, there's kind of chimes that go along with it. Rasuli's art pops up and it's, and it's fun. You can email your, your daily reading to a friend. Um, there's a little reminder to do it every, every day if you want to do it. And some people have been letting me know that they're doing the multiple card spread and getting a lot of really interesting, um, a deeper dive in, in some way when they're doing that. So it's out right now wherever your app store is. Um, on your phone, you can just download it. It's the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle. And that's, that's what that is. And, um, and just in terms of whatever else is coming up, I have... Starting this Wednesday, and Suzanne, this may be for you, I'm calling it Wild Women Wednesdays. It's an online dream group, and it's women only. If men want to come, they must come in drag. So, Gary, it's not that you're not invited. It's just we're inviting your feminine essence to join. And um, they can, people can go happen. to my website. Don't let, don't let that get out. <laughs> go to kellysullivanwalden.com, or I had the strangest dream Dot com and click on the banner toward the top of the page of all the wild women. Click on that and it will bring you to all the info that you need about joining my Wild Women Wednesdays Dream Circle. All right. I think that'll be terrific. I have a little story for you, a little anecdote, Kelly. Them dukes, them oh, dukes. Bet you well, I'm going to get to that, but I mean, Kelly brought this up with the whole drag thing. I've just uh, I've got to go RuPaul all of a sudden. <laughs> I, was, I was at a convention in Long Beach, California, of the United Centers for Religious Science, as it was known back Ooh. in the day, the CSL church movement now. Wow. And um, I'm there with my buddy, Steve, 
and we it was uh, the festivities were done for the night so we were in the bar and we were having a cocktail and then we had another and there were guest speakers wandering around people of summer now and a couple of the lady ministers who continue to be friends of mine all these years later decided that Steve and I would look good in drag so they started <laughs> taking off jewelry and their feminine attire and we're right in the middle of this bar shortly before they start vacuuming around your feet to get you out of uh -huh. there and they dressed us up thank god they didn't take pictures but they had us i was wearing earrings and this cute lady's hat and a, not exactly a shawl but some sort of a wrap and steve was was dressed similarly and um, wow. they're just having fun with these two boys dressing us up and who walks in for a nightcap but neil donald walsh <laughs> conversations with god guy he shows oh, wow. up and he takes one look at us and he turns around and over his shoulder he goes, don't have too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great moment. Yeah. That's hilarious. What a way to make a great impression on Neil Donald Walsh. Maybe one of his <laughs> date, one of his next books will be conversations with Gary Mance in drag. <laughs> yeah, that's about the only way I'll get in print. Oh, that's that was that is a memory. Yeah, I, I can't forget it. So I guess I'll just call it a memory and leave it at that. I wanted to mention, you know, that that uh, jokey thing we did with the the Dukes of Hazard. I'm curious to know because of all that's gone on in Michigan, and I mean, we, we can laugh because they were the perpetrators or the plotters were apprehended. I can laugh because it's not Florida for a change. Yeah, for a change, <laughs> give us a break. And with that going on, you know, you make jokes when something doesn't happen, but my God, what could have happened. And so I look at this situation and I'm curious to know about the, the ability of our dreams, our subconscious mind essentially, using dreams to either warn us about impending danger yeah. or conversely, what about the role of conscience? I'm asking myself, now these guys, these characters in Michigan, these are plotters. They have to have some kind of override switch that allows them to think that this patently criminal activity that could land you in jail for the rest of your life was okay to do because there was some higher ideal or objective that they were honoring and pursuing. Otherwise, I would think, Kelly, that you might have a dream where you're behind bars. You're wearing the orange jumpsuit. Oh, yeah. And you're asking yourself, how did this happen to me? It's because of what you intended to do. And maybe you wake up in a cold sweat and decide not to go through with it. And you dissuade your buddies from pursuing this nefarious scheme. And yet crimes happen every day. Banks get robbed. People get kidnapped and killed. The whole list. And with that, I just wonder if our subconscious minds work nonstop trying to keep us out of trouble unless and until we override good sense and pursue the things that could destroy our lives and hurt others. Oh, wow. This is a great, wow, what a great question. You know, I, I think that all the whole universe is conspiring on behalf of our well-being, our best selves, so the signs are all around us when we are off track, not just our dreams, but signs in waking life, synchronicities as well, trying to get us back on course. And we, at some point, I mean, we, we have free will. We can override even the loudest signs. I mean, most of us 
most of us, it takes a pandemic, it takes a tsunami, it takes something radical to get our attention and to get us to wake up, or or not. I mean, I was actually I was just writing about this as well. The the whole notion that you could get a tap if we became attuned enough, attuned enough to the call to hearken back to the card that you pulled, we would be so sensitive that we would get the tiny feather-like tap on the shoulder, and that would be enough to get our attention and have us move and dance gracefully with the universe. But most of us don't trust it, and because we don't trust the universe, we don't trust our higher power, we don't trust God, we don't trust that we live in a benevolent universe, we tend to go off grid and say, no, 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 God, I've got this. I'm going to do it myself. And so we, ha- we go through all kinds of gyrations and create all kinds of trouble for ourselves. But I think eventually, like if we really dropped in to any single nightmare or any single unpleasant moment that we ever encounter, if we dropped into that and said, what is the universe trying to tell me? What is the message? If we really allowed ourselves to listen maybe did some automatic writing, some journaling, we would find out, we would get the answers. The answers we need are right there. But if, it, if we are on a mission to accomplish something that is self-will run riot, then some of us just, we just are hell-bent on having to play that out. But hopefully everybody listening to this show, I would assert, is on, is, is on a different mission, is in the act three of their lives where they are, they're in the thy will be done. God, higher power, dreams, whoever you are, show me what I need to know in order to be aligned with my best self because I know that's the best life for me. I don't have to learn the hard way anymore. I would imagine anybody drawn to this show is wanting to, wanting to get that subtle tap on the shoulder as opposed to having to get behind bars. But we all do. We do have characters that will show up in our dreams that are in the form of of police officers or judges or or people running us out of town. And instead of just ignoring those dreams, we would be wise to say, why, why this dream? Why now? What is the gift in this? How is this dream trying to enlighten me? And if, if we answer those questions, I think the dreams could then move on and they don't have to keep recurring in these patterns that, that are painful and stressful if we got the message that they're trying to send us. Kelly, from the people that you have talked to, we have not had you on for, you know, a few months now. Do you find that, uh, yes, that's right. How dare I? Have you found that people's dreams have changed to coincide with their fear about COVID-19 or the protests or the election or whatever it is that people are really afraid of? Have you, have you found more fear-based dreaming in people right now? I'd say all of the above. There's definitely a lot of cautionary dreams. And um, Dr. Deidre Barrett from Harvard, uh, she's a Harvard psychologist, hypnotherapist, and dream expert. She has compiled thousands of dreams that people are having that are in this season. And there's a lot of people that are, it it would seem that there's a whole category of dreams that are trying to get people to to take preventative measures to not get sick. So a lot of people are dreaming that they are sick and when in actuality they're not, but in some way it seems like those dreams, we could interpret them through the filter of your, your subconscious mind is trying, to take, is trying to go out of its way to get you to be cautious, 
to maybe wear a mask, to maybe honor the social distancing, to maybe not to resist the temptation to hug everybody you love right now. Hug them energetically. Um, I know even, and, and politically speaking, interestingly, I've heard a lot of people dreaming about the candidate that they don't prefer because it seems that there's an attempt to want to understand. It's kind of like the art of war, to understand the quote-unquote enemy, or it's like keep your enemies, your your friends close and your enemies closer, to want to understand what makes these people tick so as to not continue polarizing. So even Dana, my husband, the other day had a dream, um, and I maybe I shouldn't say which political candidate, but you'll probably be able to guess. But anyway, he... He was, he was consulting him. He was brought in as, a, as an advisor, and he found that behind the scenes, this person was much more reasonable than how he seemed above board, and, or at least on, on the surface, and it gave him some compassion. It didn't sway him politically, but at least it calmed him down internally. He didn't feel so divided within himself, because we could say that everything that's playing on the stage of our lives, on television, in the media... Is, is an extension of what's happening within ourselves. And we might feel powerless about changing the political landscape or about what's happening with, with the pandemic or Black Lives Matter or some of these things, but we can affect what's happening within ourselves. And if we do effectively change ourselves, then that who's to say that that's not going to have a quantum leap effect on what does happen externally? So we don't have to spend one minute feeling powerless or helpless. We can imagine that it's all a dream and it's all trying to wake us up to become more loving, kind, tolerant, and forgiving with ourselves. Well, I like that a lot. Um, this has been, a, a, a 2020 has been a very fearful year for all of those things, yeah. plus more. I mean, in yeah. addition to COVID-19, people are still having heart attacks and strokes and cancer and all the things yeah. that we you know, used to be afraid of before COVID-19, and then you add that on top of it. So, you know, I, I like that idea about, you know, trying to wake up. And it's it's funny when you say, be a little more understanding of the other side, because yeah. sometimes I will role play that mm. with Gary, where he will take one side and I'll take the other side um, spontaneously, you know, when we're watching something on TV that looks totally ridiculous to us. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I'll, I'll take the role of that other side and I will talk like that other person about what I'm concerned about or, you know, what I'm afraid about or, you know, what I think is, is going on. That's, you know, not good. And, um, and I've been, I, I, I understand that there is a different way to see something, a different way to feel about something. And the very best I can come up with, Kelly, and this is after a lot of soul searching, is that when when I am in a, a, a polarized political position yeah. with somebody that I know is exactly the opposite from me, yeah. uh, I don't want to go there. I don't need to discuss it. They will never change my mind and I will never change their mind. But I will find a common ground, which is something other than politics. You know, right. maybe we both like to bake or maybe we both like <laughs> opera. You know, there's got to be someplace else where we can meet 
because we are not going to meet politically. And that's that's the best I can come up with. If you've got if you've got a, another suggestion, I'm I'm open for it. Well, I love what you're saying, and I think that there's there's different seasons and there's different times and there's different moments. I mean, I think sometimes it is appropriate to get out and protest. It is appropriate to stand in front of a tank. It is appropriate to have a sign that you that you that you wave that's right in front of a political building or whatever. I think sometimes we do need to act and and we know when we're called when we really feel that tap on the shoulder. But in those other moments if we're just watching the television churning and feeling the cortisol moving through our bodies because we feel so helpless, that's not helping anything. To me, I think what you just said is actually that is that is a really important thing to do. It's about us becoming alchemy containers within ourselves. Like how can we find ourselves in the other? How can we find our, I mean, I, you know, I mean, okay, I guess I'm just going to come out with it. So I'm not voting for Trump. He's not my favorite person, but I'm constantly on the lookout for what is, how can I embrace my inner Trump? Where am I, those qualities that I dislike in him? How do I do that very same thing? I treat it like it's a dream so that I, I can create the alchemy within myself. And inevitably, I find it, and I find that it's maybe a part of my own shadow that I don't like or that I've dismissed, or it's not what I want to wear on my sleeve, but it's a part of my vital energy that if I suppress it, if I, and it doesn't mean that I want to then become like that, but it means, I mean, any shadow characteristic, let me just say this, any shadow characteristic is simply a human characteristic that's turned up 10, to, ten notches too high. So if I think what I don't like about Trump is that he is, he, gosh, let me pick a quality, um, unqualified. So I can ask myself, where am I also unqualified? And I could go, oh, my God, wow, there's so many places because most of my gift is intuitive. I don't have papers that back up all the things that I basically do. Wow, okay, there's a place where I'm not qualified either. Let me love that part of me. Let me not be ashamed of that. And, and then where do I, I mean, I think he's a liar. <laughs> where do I lie? Oh, my God, I have lied in the past. And there have been moments where I lie. Okay, let me love and embrace that part of myself. And let me also look for where might there be something good in those qualities that I deem as so horrible. Might it be actually life-serving in a certain moment to lie or to come off half-cocked about something that you don't really know anything about, there might be those moments. So in the Petri dish of humanity, we, we are all all of it. And I think if we can, if more of us can treat what we're looking at as a dream and look for where am I that and how can I love that part of me, I think we'll at least calm down within ourselves and be more sane and then become more sensitized and so that when we are given the tap on the shoulder, when we are, we will be that much more attuned to the call and we'll know when to act and when to not, when to sit it out and then when to, when to show up with our guns blazing if we're truly called and that's, and that's really there. So I don't know, I, I, keep, I always want to err on the side of bringing compassion and that doesn't mean that I'm not going to show up and vote and do it like my life matters, absolutely. But on the inside, if I'm not calm, then that means I've got work to do. 
So that's you know, my personal litmus test. When you um, when you talk about doing the work on the inside and the alchemy, my my favorite alchemy story is from the Harry Potter movie with the Dementors, because mm-hmm. the 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 professor mm-hmm. of the dark arts is going to teach the class how to turn their fears into something funny, and so Ooh. they let the Dementors out of the out of the box. And, uh, and so then, you know, one person who's really afraid of spiders sees a spider and he goes, okay, now turn it into something funny. And it was a spider on roller skates going in eight different directions at once, you know, and then something, a, a, a professor became a clown. I mean, there are ways mm-hmm. to take our fears and use that alchemy, that inner work yes. to make the things that we're afraid of less fearful they can be funny and Man, uh, i and have I... to watch that harry potter or read that version. <laughs> i didn't i didn't get that one but that is right up my alley you've got it exactly any weekend Humor. just turn on the tv at night you can watch all the harry potter movies you want i love the oh. harry potter movies we love them so much suzanne thought it'd be a good idea and i said sure let's go for it we went to our big box store up the road and we bought the entire series the complete harry potter set wow and and we also got a good documentary. There, it, when you think about Christmas shopping, you want to go, how about entertainment? You're going to spend some time indoors. I don't think we're through this quite yet. Right. There, get some stuff that's really worth watching. Feed your mind. We got yeah. the wonderful Ken Burns documentary. It's wonderful and tragic and sad. And we cried and we got angry and we processed. Ooh. It was quite cathartic. His documentary on the Vietnam War. Ooh. And watching these things, tuning in to what matters over the course of your life, which is a kind of life review when you look at the things that have been so crucial to your life over a span of years, that's something well worth doing. And then there are the projects that allow you to be creative. And when you're working all that to just put a bow on this conversation today, Kelly, it's wonderful to be able to get a journal. Suzanne's a big journaler. And maintain a dream journal so that if you ask questions of your subconscious mind, you can be reasonably confident that you will get answers that may not be decipherable right away, but eventually the insights will come and then you can put them to good use. Absolutely. And P.S. J.K. Rollins got Harry Potter from a dream. So if Ah. he had journaled about that dream, there would have been no Dementors that got to turn into funny creatures. So yeah, we, I think it's it's especially during this time of the pandemic, we people we have a little bit more time in the morning to recall dreams. Now is the time, if, if ever there was, it's the time to get out that dream journal and record these dreams and turn the nightmares into into something funny or into something that could be an ally, or figure or ask the question if you're if it's your dream, you're the you're the director. How would you direct it in a way that gives you purpose or power or passion? Kelly, thank you so much for being with us today. We can hardly wait till the next time, and we won't wait so long. How's that? Oh, that sounds fabulous. Thank you so much. And I so appreciate you guys having your Saturday ritual with the with the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle. That just makes my life, not just my day, my life. So yep, going on two years. Life. Yep. Wow. Thank All right, you, Kelly. take care. We will talk thank to you, you soon. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. And stay tuned to Jupiter Rising. This is AM 1150, Seattle's home of alternative talk. Have a great weekend, everyone. 
preceding audio was via a Skype call.